Aloha. You're listening to the Rolling Vets Podcast, podcast by veterans, for veterans and civilians alike. I am Lucas Monster, co-host, and I'm flanked by my Marine veteran peer, Aaron Potter, and our special guest, Alan Barrett. We would like to extend an invitation to you, the listener, to journey inside of our realm to discover what it means to be a rolling vet. So, El Sargento, E5, Sergeant of Marines, the backbone of the Marine Corps, 0231048411, Alan Barrett. How are you today? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, I talked a little bit about it earlier, but just got my vasectomy today. So Yeah, vasectomy, vasectomy. At the right age of, how old are you? 25. 25. I'm 25. Aaron, you're 20? About to be 24 here in a month. I'll be 24. Yeah. Aaron, do you think you're going to get a vasectomy? Not anytime soon. I want to have kids Not first. <laughs> you want to have kids? How many kids do you want to have? uh so ideally right one boy one girl like that's okay so preferably like the boy first you know like that's that's just but i know. said that too but you know shit happens yeah just keep shit going happens. so was one so one was girl, your second was your second kind of like an accident not to like put them on blast or anything right yeah. no you're good <laughs> but it's so out there it's always weird and i think you guys will experience this at some point too but the first kid is always like a huge deal you guys plan it out like i think we're ready to have kids you yeah, know yeah and the second one's like if it happens it happens oh <laughs> you, okay. you kinda, it's it's just kind of how it is yeah uh, if you guys don't have that situation when you guys get there let me know but that's that's what i've seen okay. yeah you know what yeah as soon as i you know decide to have a kid you're gonna be the first when i call alan alan i'm not gonna tell anybody I else before that. i call you for advice for advice yeah that'd be that'd be something like that that'd be awesome so alan so alan other than a father a great father at that you are also a marine Uh and once upon a time you were a civilian so let's go let's go let's let's visit let's take a let's take a trip back in time and visit this civilian alan boot alan shower shoe alan like, where did he grow up? What was his family like? What was his thoughts? Did he always want to go get go into the Marine Corps? Did he always want to get into the military? What was what, what was his goals and aspirations? This young Alan. Okay, so I started my life in Wisconsin. I grew up most of my life there. Never really left the state. Never really left uh, the county, honestly. So just kind of existed over there um i had some family that was in the military i knew they were all pretty successful because like most of my family is not successful yeah i got yeah. a family that's worked in factory jobs that are dead end that aren't going anywhere some of the other ones have other types of jobs but essentially it's all the same thing you know mm-hmm. there's not doing anything most of them haven't gone to college uh but the ones that were in the military i have an aunt in the army she just retired not too long ago I got a cousin in the Navy who's actually in San Diego and was there when I graduated boot camp. Uh, hey, San Diego life. Let's go. Yeah. West Coast. Actually, well, he, he literally just moved to like Spain because he was stationed there for really like seven years. It was ridiculous. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. But uh, I knew like those guys were doing great things and I prepared that trust with my family and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that. So that was kind of where the military interest sparked. I, I saw it as like a stepping okay. stone. Uh, wasn't really sure if I wanted to make a career out of it or if I just wanted to reap the benefits, but, okay. uh, my grandpa was also like a world war II vet Marine. I had a lot of respect for him growing up, uh, never had a father or anything like that. So I guess he was like the closest father figure I had. 
Okay. So kind of like uh, very great, like family influence on when you wanted to to get into it. And when you say stepping stone, definitely want to explore that a little bit. When you said stepping stone, did you already have sort of like, like an end game in mind? You know, you said you didn't want, you weren't sure if you wanted to make a career after it, but I wonder if you ever thought about life if you didn't do it. I mean, that's the thing. Like even now, I really don't know. And, yeah. and back then I didn't either because I had, you know, thoughts like, Ooh, I want to be a teacher maybe, or I want to do psychology or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, really didn't have any concrete plan. And I kind of also saw the Marines as a way to procrastinate that decision a little bit longer, yeah. Yeah. get my college paid for, get my life started a little bit, and then just get more time to figure out what I really want to do. So that was a big influencer for it as well. I, I was actually, and looking back at this as a recruiter, it's really interesting, but I did set up an appointment to actually like, talk with the army a little bit more. Yeah. I don't, I think they couldn't find my house. So they never met with me. So, uh-huh. That's cool. But so this Marines is found me. Yeah. yeah. What's up? So this is interesting because the last guest we on, had on here was uh, the good old Jackson Grant. He had mm-hmm. army at the very bottom of his list. And we got Mr. Barron over here with the army at the top. Why, uh, why the army? So, Army was not at the top of my list. Okay, let's. I'll drop that down real quick. I was pretty much <laughs> open to it. Uh, I was flirting with it. You were, yeah. it, was ugly, it was the ugly girl at the bar. You're flirting exactly. with it. Like, the one that's like last resort, like last ditch effort. Yeah, I got to go home with someone. Here we go. Oh, uh, no, Marines was definitely my top pick. But, you know, when you're growing up, everyone's like, you got to look at all your options and all yeah. that crap. So, and now that I'm a recruiter, I fucking hate that. But, yeah. Back then, I was like, I oh, want them to have options. About my future. Yeah. It's not that I don't want them to have first. options, but like, hey, first to contact, first to contract, baby. That's how it yeah. works. Oh, my God. But back then, like, I, I agreed to meet them at least. Yeah. Because, you know, it just I made sense. Like, sure, I'll, I'll look uh, into it. Out respect yeah. for their family. <laughs> yeah. But then they never fucking showed up and never contacted me after that. So I was like, okay. fuckers, they missed out. They missed out. Yeah. Because when I met with the Marines, I signed paperwork right away. So. And so, and so when you, so when you did that, what made you want to go into Intel? Like, what was your draw to it? So the way the recruiter explained it to me back then, uh, he said it was for smarter folks. I thought that was cool. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, I've never met someone in West Virginia that's qualified for it. So <laughs> there's that. But Damn, that, for all our West um, Virginia viewers out there, get smart. All right. Get some shit. money. <laughs> Learn <laughs> some shit. <laughs> get learned. But. yeah but uh i'd say that they mentioned like oh you get a top secret clearance uh reenlistment bonuses were always nice like it's just a more high demand job is the way he threw it to me honestly he probably doesn't need a spot filled but uh i I really liked what he was talking about so when i asked for like my top three picks intel was first i think i put logistics or some shit second and then i don't even know what my third one was but i got intel so oh. infantry never even popped into your mind. You're like, no, fuck that shit. Not, I don't know. Like, I think it was my family that mostly steered me away from it. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of just caved into what they were telling me to do at the time. So I was like, Intel sounds cool. Sounds practical. Good for when I want to get out and do something else. That sort of thing. So I right. so, mean what I did. And so uh, the schoolhouse is in what, Monterey Bay, California? Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. Which one's, the, I think, yep. oh, is, is it the Lingua School that's in Monterey Bay? Is that what I'm thinking of? 
It might be because, uh, like, the Navy and the Marine Corps have like their Intel school yeah. all on Virginia Beach, right there. So in Norfolk, basically, you're at Norfolk. Is that where it's at? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've been down there. Yeah, I actually vacationed there last year. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's a pretty close vacation. Yeah, so like close to like after you got out, you're like, oh, I want to hang around Marines again. Let me go for it. No, it's a naval base. <laughs> I, there weren't really a whole lot of Marines there. I don't okay. think I, it's it was, it's basically only schoolhouse Marines that yeah. are out there. Yeah, there's like a couple small bases maybe, but yeah. I mean, dude, I live, I dude, I live like ten minutes from the Naval Academy, so like I yeah. see those dickheads <laughs> all the time, like walking around. Just go visit where, Terrell. He's over there, dude. I fucking hit him up, and he, I don't think he he hit me back. So if he's, he's fucking listening, this fuck you. Nah, he's yeah. in his club here. He probably yeah. doesn't have much time. Yeah, probably doesn't. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I know man. he was busy over the summer. Yeah, yeah. So I told him I was like, dude, if you ever want to go out and do something, like I'm fucking like 15 minutes away from you. Um, but yeah, you see those fuckers because they have to go out in their uniform all the time, and I was just like walking around and shit. And I fuck with them so like so much. I like fuck with them and like stop and like salute them and shit. Like, <laughs> and they'll just they'll just think I'm some dickhead civilian, and they'll just like shake their head, and I'm like, okay, I'm fucking boot. All right. <laughs> Noted. Uh... I but fucking anyway. hate it when people do that out here because I got to go out and wear uniform all the time when I'm recruiting yeah. and stuff. So that that comes up. Uh, yeah. Had some old dude like he saluted me and said, "Thank you for your service, soldier." Oh. And, uh, I get that shit so much. I. Sheesh. <laughs> so like, how do you respond to that? if someone salutes you and you're in uniform? Like, do you have to salute back? Like, like how does that oh, work? No. Exactly. You don't salute. You don't salute. Like, like, you want to be polite about. You don't salute. Like, you you don't the hum- yeah, you don't salute the homie back. I just, I just, I just <laughs> wave him. And say, yeah, thanks, man. Oh, oh no, that was old. Thanks, man. Shaka, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, like there'll be some people will do shit like that, and then they ask you for money because they're a crackhead. So I'm like, no. Uh, Thank you for your service, and I'll pay me <laughs> so yeah. I can get drugs. <laughs> uh. I, no, I'm not even kidding though. Like someone used that. You said like, "Oh, I saw that you're a Marine, Semper Fi, brother." And then he was like asking me to get a ride. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Dude was high as shit. I could tell. Yeah, so. did that happen to me when I was in uh, D.C. and I was oh, at really? the yeah the Vietnam Memorial, um, and and so the it's nicknamed the Wall, and like I got right to the fucking end, and this dude. Like you could just tell was just fucking homeless. Like you, you can't you can't hide it. You just, you just couldn't hide the fact that he was homeless. But he was saying that he worked for the VA, and he said he was working for the VA. And like the card he showed me was just like it was his old like VA medical card, and it's all fucked up. You know, he's like, yeah, I work for the VA. Like, you know, I'm supposed to be taking like this survey down here, and you know, you gotta donate when you do the survey and shit like that. I'm like, no, motherfucker. Like, I'm not doing any of that shit. VA works, my man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, I showed him my card too and i was like oh yeah i got one don't worry about it bro and and then he was just like i don't know he, he, you just tell but like to do that right there like right there at the fucking at the wall dude like and claim you're a veteran and and then literally poach people right at the like edge that's yeah it's a different kind of yeah. scum for sure it's fucking scumbag man yeah fucking scumbag but anyways we'll get back to the topic at hand so yeah so you go, so you go through uh, Intel school. So what the fuck do they teach you there? Like James Bond shit? Like you guys doing like defensive <sighs> driving? Like you no. know, packing your own parachutes? Like how to kill high value targets? What is going on over there? So it's basically if you guys have read, I know you guys haven't, but <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. Have you read MCDP2, motherfucker? I don't know. Uh, every don't know. fucking yeah, day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, every night before, before I go to sleep. Okay. Uh, no, it, it, you guys have seen like the big uh, briefs that we do before you go to a place. Like, remember when we went to Australia? Yeah. And uh, one of our Intel dudes was given like that 200 page PowerPoint. Yeah. 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 You land in so, Australia, your boots hit the ground, you die. Yeah. The grass will kill you. You, you, touch, the you dirt touch the local you. women, you die. <laughs> you breathe the air, you die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But basically, like they break a big ass brief like that called an IPB into four different segments with each different topics that you would cover and that sort of thing. And most of the course was talking about IPB, essentially. There was some other courses talking about like, uh, or some other classes talking about like how to read a map and shit like that. But most of it was that sort of thing. It's like a three month course. So like how, so is it, any in, is intelligence gathering a part of any of this this training uh it can be well they talk about the collections assets but the thing okay. is like there's such a wide scope for intel like as you guys saw like i went to an infantry battalion before i was at 3-3 i was at a, a vmu over in hawaii still so where's that i'm at? looking at maybe That's there, it's like one of the squadrons okay yeah uh it's a drone unit like they fly like like ghost group three type drones yeah uh, li- there, no. <laughs> it's like somewhere between like a predator and then the shit that you saw me fly yeah yeah but, hey, hey saw us fly i've seen come them, on, I've come seen on them now there. i've seen yeah, them yeah, out yeah, there yeah like that you're right you're right I've you're right them, i've seen them out there in a the flight pilot ass wait wait what year was this what year is this so i checked into hawaii november of 2015 Okay, did and you then, know a radio operator named Bartle? He, what I think rank he, was he around the time? Uh, he mm, fucking Lance Corporal, maybe. PFC. Uh, doesn't uh, sound too familiar. I only had like a couple friends in the S6. I didn't okay. really hang with those folks. Okay, but. just wondering because I'm pretty sure he was in that unit too, and then he got all he also got sent to 33. Mm. Now I did know there was a couple people there that were from there. I think like one of the gunnies was from BMU, and then he came to three three. Okay. Um. So I've seen it before, okay. but basically, like with my job, you could go to a squadron, you could go to an infantry unit, you could go to an artillery unit. Like you have basically no restriction on where you can go in the Marines. Okay. So and so, and so your first destination, like what it, what was your like day to day job? Like what did that look like? What did that entail? At BMU. Yeah. Uh, it was very TFC Lance Corporal bullshit. Like, I really didn't like VMU that much. Um, you always had horror stories to tell about that unit. Let's hear something. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. it just, it was just uneventful. Like, you beans. look at, yeah. So when I was there, like, I didn't do shit. Like, I went to Arizona once as like an augment to a bigger thing that they had down there, WTI. And Yuma? Um, Is that in Yuma? Yep. Yep. And I did that for like a month, which was kind of cool, I guess. Uh, but they didn't really do, I didn't go on any deployments with them. They normally did like rotations to the Philippines, I guess. Yeah. But I, they either stopped doing that or I just never got to be a part of that sort of thing. And that was one of the big reasons I wanted to join too. I, I also wanted to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I left there, like if I had stayed at VMU my entire first enlistment, I probably would have got out because I wasn't happy with what happened. 
But after I uh, PCA'd over to 3.3 and started doing all the fun stuff that we did, like I was like, this is awesome. When, when was that? When did you transfer over officially? Because I remember seeing uh, you around, but I, I don't remember. I forget your actual date. It was uh, like a month before we went to PTA to prep for our first UDP. So not the one that I was with you guys with, but the one before that. Oh, so it you, was like still in the workup of that. So you were only in VMU for like a year and some change. Yeah. And I was actually fapped out to the armory for some of that too. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you were, so you weren't, you weren't there that long. Okay. No, not too long. So, thankfully. Okay. I was still at Lance when I left there. So were you here for like when we went to Thailand, Philippines, Korea, all that, or Okay. I was with H and S at the time. I just oh, I wasn't okay. With you guys. That's why I was like, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think I noticed you, dude, yeah. until like you showed up. This well, the CSE. Well, the second, I think the second uh, workup, I think is when yeah. I noticed you. Yeah. Too, yeah. Well, what happened was because Cole. Uh, yeah, I dude, to, like, I used to talk with Cole. All about him. Yeah, exactly. All about him. Um, I, yo, for I remember, viewers, like, I don't know. Like this is like we serve with Alan Barron here. All right, I, I think we forgot to mention this. We're all in the same unit. Yeah. yeah. Um, different MOSs, but yeah. Uh, what well, happened with him was uh, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Okay, because he were he and I were gonna do like our transition time when we were going to like Bougainville, like the the first one, was it Boondockers or whatever, and then. Uh, it was like the day before he called me saying, Hey, I have a family emergency back home. I got to go. You're going to do it all by yourself. Oh, he, like, give me a packing list. And Potty, remember that's when I fucked up the packing list and brought that heavy ass back? No, I can't say <laughs> that, that. But I believe it. Which, I believe which, it. Bogan, yeah. which Boganville was this? No, <laughs> it was like right after <laughs> the last appointment. Um, yeah, so, so it was oh, the first so our very one? first stop. Our very first time. Yeah, we've, we've been like 2017, 2018. So okay, that's when we like hiked up to the range on base and shit, right? That was the, the backyard. Yeah, like we hiked oh, up to okay. the mountain a lot of shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, I remember that shit, yeah. Um, that shit was fun. I think I rode in the Humvee. <laughs> yeah, got some motor. You, you weren't humping? Thing. You weren't humping out there with us? I think it was Rivera and I in the Humvee. You yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. No, I think you got <laughs> it mixed up because I remember you helped me carry my pack. I'm still fucking upset about that. Oh, okay. Maybe that was a different time then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you huh. overpacked? So, no, I was confused because, like I said, I was at an airwing unit before. I never dealt with that shit. Oh, yeah. But dude, I remember this. He yeah. shows up no. with the main So they told us, like, a day pack loadout, and there was a main pack loadout. So I packed the main pack, even though we all left them at the fucking blockhouse, and we took our day packs over there. <laughs> like i was like i just i gotta bring the whole thing whatever i was so confused by nobody Such else did. and i was stuck with move. it <laughs> i know so that was a bad first day yeah, i think you were I you were a corporal at the time right when you were there yeah i was like a uh, see, I was like, and then i know you... <laughs> i know ne- i never so lived it down actually my first interaction with you it was i was just a witness i wasn't even like you know I you know exactly that. what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So it was our first time in PTA. And oh. like I'm walking. I think we're going to go. I think we're all going to go shave or something. And it's me, First Sergeant Moon, and Staff Sergeant Rogers. Now Gunny Rogers. about him too. Yeah. Shit. So I was walking with them. 
like shooting a shit, you know. Well, I wouldn't say shooting a shit, you know, fucking, <laughs> you know, what is it, fraternization? <laughs> but like, you know, shooting a shit, like fucking walking up the, the fucking this hill to go to the bathrooms. And where was this at? This is a PTA at the consolidation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, is that what it was called, Alan? Isn't that what it was called? Tillman? Cantonment. The Cantonment. Cantonment. Fuck, yeah. dude. Yeah. That, was, that thing that the word has been plaguing me for like two weeks. <laughs> All right. So in Cantonment, yeah. So we were walking up the hill to go shave or whatever. And so we're walking this way. Alan's walking this way. And Alan's in, dude, his waffle tops and his like his grid bottoms, flip flops, oh. like all types of fucked up like walking to the head and it's like first aren't yeah first aren't <laughs> looked at him and like i think he handed like a fucking <laughs> an aneurysm dude like dude, I, I just stood there the i stood there and watched, oh. watched him and fucking staff sergeant rogers just fucking destroy <laughs> destroy this kid in the like in oh. the morning it was it was balls early oh dude Dude, I was still in my rack. I remember him walking back to get changed because he was the rack right next to mine. Yeah. And he just had this like sad puppy dog face. He's like, I, I didn't know we couldn't wear this. And I'm just like, I wasn't I'm still with trying India to like wake up. He wasn't with India at the time. Oh, okay. Okay. This no. is that was, time then. Yeah, this I was time. still in HS for that. Yeah. He was I thought the, you meant like the happy suit top. I think I'm thinking about ITX. No, 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 no. No, this was PTA. No, this you're thinking about something else. PTA. Yeah. You're thinking about something else. Though. This was like 2017. This was PTA 20. I, I was I had not even been a free free for like a month at that point. Yeah, dude. It was fucking so, hysterical. Like, I never used it before. I thought it was like interchangeable. Yeah. So, I wish. I learned I wish that it was were. not. Yeah, the so hard way. Was the, what was the exact vocabulary? Was it like, is this not this is not how we do it? We're not fucking. No, so first our moon actually looked at me, like, because oh. I, I I I was the one that spotted it, and I was like, what? I was like, first arm, what the fuck? And he, and, and then he looked, he looked, and then he looked at me and was like, and he was like, God damn it, Moss. He's like, I gotta do this shit this early, and I was like, I know you, no one's gotta tell you to do anything. First arm, you gotta do anything. And then Sasson Rogers was like, let's get him. Let's fucking get him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm at that point, I'm only like a Lance Corporal. I'm like, all right, y'all, y'all fucking, I'm going to stand right here and watch and fucking joke about it after you guys get back. <laughs> yeah, man, that was a good time. But yeah, that was my first interaction. And yeah. then so, so our Intel guy, so in a infantry company, it's usually, what's the actual allotment? Would it be like two Intel guys or just one Intel guy in a time of war? Like, Worst case scenario. It depends on what type of war, what type of conflict and everything. It's really based off of like what the CEO wants for their company. Yeah. Like if he wanted to and he had a good argument for it, you could probably get two. I've okay. seen other units, like when we were at ITX, we, I was talking to them and mm -hmm. some of them have two clicks. But okay. uh, it, it just depends on how they do it. What more than likely would happen is you would have like one 0231 click and then they would have like their little clicks in each of the platoons to kind of help give information to him. okay That's so what is to build right yeah say when that you again. were in three three you that's what you were trying to build right like that network network of clicks kind of towards the back end of it yeah but i had never been to the official click course and i think all the guys in india that went to said click course were either like squad leaders or or whatever by yeah. the time i actually started working there yeah. so it wasn't, it was that weird transitional time because the CO or the battalion commander at the time wasn't a huge fan of clicks. Yeah. So kind of ended up being that way. Uh, so what is, so what is your job? Like as a click, what does that look like? Like whenever, 
you're in garrison and then whenever we're in the field? Again, it really depends on what the unit has planned for it. Every unit does it differently from yeah. what I've seen. What about with 3-3? Uh, three, three? What was it like with 3-3? Three, three? While I was at 3-3, three, three, essentially I would go back to the S2 and do everything with the S2. I was fully attached to them and everything. And then when we would go to the field or we would go on deployments or field ops within deployments or whatever the case is, then I would either get temporarily attached to you guys or no shit change and put on your numbers. It just depends. Okay. And then, so what were your like tasks? What were you responsible for? Mm, basically just making sure, honestly, a lot of it was maps, just map bullshit. Yeah. Like making uh, maps. Uh, not always making them. Like if there was, if we were going to a new place, then mm -hmm. yes. Like when yeah. we went to Australia, we had to mass print all the fucking Australian maps. Yeah. Uh, when we went to, I think Thailand and South Korea on the first go around again, it was the same bullshit. So it all depends on if we've been there before. Otherwise we probably have them stored somewhere. Um, but just like the printing them off if need, needed to be printed, laminating them if they needed to be laminated, which all of them did. And then disseminating them to everybody. And was always this fucking issue of like, do we have enough maps? Do we not have enough maps? Oh, we have augments that suddenly want maps and everyone fucking needs one evidently. So yeah, it became a big thing that way. So that was always something we had to deal with. And as clicks, it was always like, okay, uh, India company CEO, tell me what we need. Who I will do my best to get that. Aaron, Aaron, weren't you a click Marine? Uh, yeah, so I think I was probably one of the first Marines. Yeah, you were one of the first because, click Marines. Yeah, because I think it was in Thailand when I first met Barrett. And cool. I was like, oh, sweet. And we were, yeah, or it wasn't you. No, 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 it was... Uh, it was oh, it, it would have had to be Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I wasn't with you guys in Thailand. I was yeah, no, you no, wasn't. I remember you showed up. You up, showed up while I was flying the Raven. I don't know if I was supposed to be flying the Raven, but I was flying the Raven. And... Uh, yeah, I think you showed up or we went to one of your sites and you're like, look at these cool videos of me throwing the raven. And then like the first one you showed me, it just like crashed. And you're like, oh no, not that Oh one. yeah, I showed you yeah. our montage of crashing. Because yeah. it happened so much, especially in Thailand, that shit was terrible. And Aaron, well, I love I love Thailand. Aaron, explain what the, uh, what the raven is. Uh, so the raven is an unmanned aerial operational drone. Um, it's meant to come apart as it lands. So like a lot of people are like, oh, you didn't stick the landing because it's all like a bunch of pieces, but it's designed to do that. And it gives you like um, basically just an overhead. Like you see exactly where enemy positions are. Uh, you can switch between different types of um, light colors. You can be black on white or white on black to help differentiate targets at night or day. Um, super useful. Actually, I think they're trying to make it like a squad um, like so every squad has one yeah uh, and it makes uh mount combat a lot easier yeah. um, and how big is it like it's not that big right um yeah it's about i'm backing up it's about yeah, yeah like, something like that let's guesstimate yeah. it let's guesstimate yeah. it feet yeah you can like let you can eat it with one hand so it's nothing too crazy like, like two feet maybe, right like two oh, feet no, it's probably more than two probably feet. like probably like three to four three four to four feet, feet. Because that tail adds a lot, but it's of super light. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's super. It's light. like a carbon the... fiber, like plexiglass kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's you've seen like it before. Kevlar, yeah, yeah, I've seen it before. Kevlar but like, just for it, people yeah. who didn't know what the what the Raven was. Yeah, yeah. So it's just an unmanned drone that you can quickly put together and throw up. Um, super easy to pilot. Like I was 
brain dead easy. It's like if you've ever played a video game in your life, you'll pick it up like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, really cool thing. Like you, you could zoom in on locations, different. Uh, you can have it hover over like while you're doing an op. I think we tried to do that over a live fire range once. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if we were still allowed to do that, but you know, we did it. Yeah, that is pretty dope. But other, but other than that, um, so you, you guys, well, as like click or like intelligence and shit, like you guys get to do like that stuff. You get to even take the course for it. And I think one of the more awesome like courses in the Marine Corps is like the foreign weapons one. Have you, have you done the foreign weapons one? I wish, uh, yeah. a lot of my predecessors got the opportunity to do it. I think it was just the CO at the time, our Intel officer at the time were very, yeah, go to this course. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, later on when I actually was a click and would have benefited greatly from it, uh, yeah. the dude we have wasn't about it. So I didn't get a chance to go. Oh, Damn, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's. I mean, you like shoot AKs. That, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of cool things there. Like, especially with back to the, like the drones, like being able to send one up at night and have like an infrared laser on whatever targets you want to point out to boots in the ground. Like, as long as you have NVGs on, you could see exactly what the laser's pointing at. Um, Fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, it's so like, it's so crazy awesome. how good we are at killing other people. You ever think That's about great. that? Yeah. Like, like not us like personally, but like us as like the United States military. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just it's it's not even yeah, fair. The sometimes. amount of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, even fair sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty and, insane. And then and then you look at like how much we spend on it, and you're like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I remember going to Australia when we all went together. We were all roommates in Australia, uh, saving a small little fucking cube with a little air conditioning. And uh the Australians, did you get a look at their gear? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. It's all like, lightweight, high-speed, low-drag shit. Like dual fucking NVGs with phosphorus, like all this like badass stuff. And I'm like, man, why can't we have that? And then I like it's too many of us. Realized, they got yeah. they got a small military, man. We have more green berets than they do like entire infantry unit, which is fucking wild. Like, like, think about that. Put that in perspective, yeah. man. Like one like special section of the army is more than like their entire military, and yeah. like their continent is as big as the u.s like, yeah speak yeah speaking of fucking foreign shit alan man you're the intel guy like you guys have to keep tabs on shit like this you know we got we got russia fucking doing russian things right now they're rushing into the ukraine you know now now they're fucking people they don't have Pornhub. they don't have netflix Sony's not selling them any PlayStations. Microsoft's not selling yeah. them any Xboxes. <laughs> like, they're, they're, people are pulling Russian products off the shelves. Vodka's gone. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is this is a crisis. This is a crisis on yeah. both sides. So, like, what's your like? Have you been following this closely? Like, what's your whole take on this? So, a couple comments on that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when I was full time Intel, you know, obviously yeah. this is something I'd be very plugged into yep um to help like do honestly probably daily or weekly briefs on this sort of thing but with my current job it's really more or less like i only really know like what should i tell parents what should i tell applicants yeah to kind of help put their minds at ease because i walk into a school to be like are we getting drafted like, no <laughs> motherfucker you're fat yeah but, <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of a different perspective on that yeah um, he's like i'm a recruiter now i don't give a fuck all right <laughs> just join god damn it yeah 
I mean, it, it's an interesting situation to be sure. I, I feel like it's almost kind of like pre-World War II stuff going on. Yeah. But with 2022 technology, like people are making memes about it. People are making TikToks about it. Uh, yeah. It's so, so publicized across the rest of the world that so they can do things like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, it's definitely a lot different than what was going on back then because I don't know newspapers aren't gonna have the same effect as people that are constantly on their phones getting yeah. some kind of information yeah. about it so what's your take on that then so what's your let's, let's explore that a little bit like what's your take on the impact of technology regarding you know like modern warfare in a sense of like like and not necessarily military technology but like just everyday personal technology cell phones you know laptops all that shit like apple watches like the power just to record and, and upload it to somewhere the internet like how how well, has that changed things? You, you like I would say over like the last decade or so, you know, because warfare has now changed. You know, there was no fucking there. Well, there was some cell phones, I guess, in Iraq, but like, and maybe some. It wasn't the same thing. But it's not like everyone had one, you know. So no. how does that make things differently? So I think a lot of it. There, there's a handful of different things to kind of explore. One, if people are in a foreign country and they have those types of devices, you know, it's not impossible for that sort of thing to potentially be tracked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it would not be that unheard of if, you know, you discover troop movements based off of just geotagging or having your location services on, if you're not careful with that sort of thing, hell going back to current politics, I think, I don't know how reliable the source is. So if you want to cite me, whatever, but, uh, people were matching with Russian military on like Tinder or some shit and they'd be catfishing them for information about like troop movements. Yeah. And like they were fucking doing it. That's pretty good. Offsite training, but yeah. that's don't get that annual offsite training. Yeah. They said that, um, uh, that George Washington employed women as spies, you know, yep. to, to work in taverns and, and shit to, to eavesdrop on the, on the British. So, Hey man, knowledge is power. Your knowledge is fucking power. That's just that's just pretty dope. So yeah, man. So that you're having, so you no longer have to really worry about enemy intelligence, like alone, like military intelligence. You now you have to worry about the local populace is the one collecting info and data on you the entire time. Like, what do you think it's like in that like Russian soldier's mindset when he's in this fucking country that he probably doesn't want to be in? Let's be honest. And yeah. you know, he's being recorded every step he took. I mean, I'd be shit my fucking pants, dude. We shit my pants. I mean, I would, honestly, I don't know where I was constantly. I'd be yeah. paranoid as shit. So that's the thing. Like, again, I'll, I'll say it now so that way I don't have to say it later, but my views do not express uh, what the Marine Corps thinks at all. This is just my personal thoughts as Alan Barron's, all right? Mm. But I, I think even if it was able to be taken Ukraine, I don't think they would be able to hold it. Okay. As far as like manpower goes, I think the civilian population is very keen on not giving anything away. Mm. Um, it'd be a very long, bloody, drawn out battle that's not in their favor because it seems like the entire world is against them. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Aaron? You think You think the Ukrainians can outlast them? So, I mean, as for us going to war over Ukraine, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's that's not a country. Sure. Um, yeah. No. Uh, but at the same time, like, can they take 
over? Yes. Uh, is there a reason for them to take it over? Also, yes. Um, Russia is constantly felt at threat from NATO countries, and them taking over Ukraine gives them a choke point on the north uh, western side of their country that there's easier to hold uh, than if Ukraine was about to be accepted into NATO, which they were looking at. Um, Originally, I think back in 2016, 2014, yep, they invaded Ukraine and they took over the Crimean Peninsula. The Ukrainians kind of pissed off about that. So they actually cut water supply to Crimea. It has no fresh water source except for a dam that was built by the USSR. So it was choking off water to Crimea and uh, the Russians weren't able to get it to the Crimean Peninsula that they just took over. So this invasion was justified by the Russians for that reason. But it also, okay, okay, it also, so you use the word justify, interesting, yeah, yeah, and it yeah, also gives later. them a better geographic location to Eight defend the rest later. of their country. But, like, you know, I, I always I always talk shit about like you know the US doing all these sanctions and like, oh man, what is it gonna do? But, like, I really looked into it last week because you know, this it really got me interested. I was like, I looked into it, it was like Russia might be the 14th largest supplier of oil to the rest of the world, but their GDP is the equivalent of Spain's. So, I mean, every NATO country and the U.S. implying a, hey, no flight zone, no Russian flight landing or taking off in our country. Yeah, embargoes and shit. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't see them holding it for very long. And if they do, like, I don't see Vladimir Putin staying in power after, you know, being able to. But I'm, I'm fucking scared, though. I'm scared for Russia in that sense, because what? comes next yeah what do you, because I'm, alan alan yeah. what do you think comes next bro like like in what scenario in a scenario in which that the world you know puts all these sanctions on russia which they have russia's economy literally collapses and and thus following their government collapses what are you are you worried about what could possibly reap its head from that internal turmoil or do you would you trust the russian population and i know you're not russian or a russian official but do you would you think that they would get their shit together and put into place something um a lot more progressive and, and less oppressive it's mm, that's an interesting question because you got to look at like russia's military it's very corrupt okay yeah like the oligarchs uh, yeah I think when I was uh, in high school and we were talking about like the brick nations and everything, uh, my teacher brought up the fact that like 10 to 20% of like their total money that goes to the government with taxes and shit just kind of disappears from the books. Like <laughs> it goes to somebody, I guess. Yeah, yeah it is. It's so Russian oligarchs that took that cut. Yeah. Yeah. To say, uh, you know, who would take power, what would happen if they take power, I don't know any of that, but I will say it's not in any of their best interests to, after something like that, fuck with people. Yeah. So, yeah. Like they'd be trying to rebuild established dominance within their own country as opposed to being assholes somewhere else. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. And then how would, how do you uh, think that would turn out, Aaron? Like in a sense well, of what, are, what do you think would be the possibilities of that happening? So, I mean, one possibility, right, just like the USSR <laughs> collapsed, it would be the same with Russia, like a bunch of smaller neighboring states and fighting over territory, maybe, you know, conflict for another decade, perhaps, right, of like, hey, no, we want this. No, this is ours. But like, also, it opens up the possibility for China to expand, right? What's to say, hey, if this doesn't collapse, why doesn't China move up? 
Yeah. That's the other thing. They've been People... for expansion. They've been doing this through economics. It's a great road initiative, uh, taking over ports in other countries. Who's to say they don't move up? People forget so, I mean, sometimes. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, Russia and China are not always friends. Like, yeah. they mutually exist next to each other, and they've been friends in the past, but China's kind of doing their own thing. Well, I think, I think because China was at a point in which following uh, Mao's defeat prior to him rising to power and they had like this like hundred mile like death march in order for like basically the communist party to survive and they pulled Mm -hmm. it off um it was after that is when they actually started receiving like support from russia and russian the russian government gave them so much fucking support that they fueled this communist movement in china and because of that russia has always been kind of like and they did the same thing like by proxy China to North Korea where they Russia takes on this role of like the big brother. They are the big brother communist country. They are the ones that, you know, are fueling these com- like these insurgencies and and shit like that, you know, that are like communist leaning. They were the the NVA, the North Vietnamese Army, same thing. The Russians, they yep. had they had Russians uh what's the words? Um uh Advisors. We go advisors, liaisons. Yeah, yeah, liaisons, Russian advisors. There, like the whole nine. Like it, it's, it's a reoccurring theme. Yeah, it's Korea, a reoccurring. It's a yeah, um, exactly. It's Middle a reoccurring East. theme, and that's why I think. But China has, you know, became they became so powerful, like on their own since then. That now it's just like, yo, like I'm just as big as you are now, kind of thing. Like. Like we can do our shit. We don't need you fucking telling us what to do anymore, kind of thing. Yeah. Like I think that's kind of like like added a lot of strain because once China got involved in like the 1950s during um, the 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 Korean War, the Korean conflict, what what have you, like that's when they started becoming like a world power. Once they challenged the United Nations and defeated Americans, like that's when people were like, okay, so China is really nothing to fuck with because you know the J- Japanese. Japanese kind of had their way with them for the most part in World War II. Yeah, and I think especially after the USSR collapsed, uh, China lost a lot of respect for the Russians implementing a, a democracy, right? Yeah. So like China's kind of like the bastard, or China, Russia's like the bastard child, right? It's not a democracy, but it's not, you know, communist <laughs> either. It's yeah. just kind of like there, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's I, you know, it, it's fun to speculate about these things, but like it, it is, it does a really like real question, like what happens, you know? Yeah. And I don't think we'll know until it happens. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent true. Like I, I can't see at least some anything in the near future of like how Russia is going to bounce back from this shit, especially if they don't win in the Ukraine. If they don't win in the Ukraine, <laughs> I don't see, I don't see them bouncing back i i, I just yeah. can't i just i don't know i don't know what, what 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 would become of that and that's and it's scary I, i'm scared like for them you know because like think about like here in the united states if our fucking country like just collapsed one day just economy government no longer in existence like the turmoil between people like how divided people are already you know in our democracy like to think about how more divided they would be if we were in a scenario like that. It's, it's kind of yeah. strange to put it in that perspective. Yeah. And it brings back to like, you know, ancient roles. Like, you know, how did that big society just collapse? Like it can yeah. be just as quick, you know? Yeah. So 
Well, take heed. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely take heed. So, Alan, I tell you what, but you know, there's a very, very, very tiny, basically almost impossible chance that the United States gets involved. But I tell you what, if they did, your recruiting days, buddy, you wouldn't have to work a day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's an interesting point to bring up too, because yeah. I had one kid. I was literally talking to him like right as that stuff started to escalate. And I got paperwork on him and everything. He wanted to join, wanted to join the reserves, granted. But he was, like, all about it. Then more news came out, and he texted me, like, hey, I've just been thinking. I don't think it's for me anymore. I'm like, motherfucker, is this because of Ukraine? And he was like, yeah. Wow. So I was like, okay. Good, we didn't want you anyways. All right? (laughs) Like, fuck. Yeah, Alan, were you one of those motherfuckers in boot camp when you get there, and they're like, yo, we're cutting your fucking boot camp short. Like, we're going to fucking war. Like, all, all you guys right from here, we're going to the fucking rifle range, and then we're sending you to the front lines. Like, you get to fucking quit right now. Just raise your – put your head down and raise your fucking hands. Were you one of the motherfuckers that raised his hands? I don't even know if they did that with us. They didn't what? do that with me. Yeah. I don't, I don't well, That must be did. an East Coast thing then. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe. East yeah. Coast, East Coast. I'm just kidding. East Coast, trash coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So, go back to it. <laughs> so – You've been recruiting now for a year. So what was recruiting school? Well, did you choose? Did you get hissed? Like, explain that. And then did you choose it? And then go on from there. So it was towards the end of that last deployment where I was coming up on my Mm re-enlistment. So I was trying to figure out what it is I wanted to do next, whether it be try to request the monitor to send me, like, some cool intel unit or do, like, some kind of cool billet that way. Um, like I said before, I'm thinking about doing 20. So uh, I decided I was going to try my shot at an SDA just so that way I could get that under my belt, knock it out while I'm still young and hopefully be able to recruit better. Yeah. Um, so I put it in I, like about that time. It was before COVID that I even was thinking about it. Um, it was before COVID that I even got approved. Then uh, I had to wait about a year to actually like go to the schoolhouse for it and everything. It's over in San Diego, right next to MCRD. Um, close enough that I could hear the recruits yell when they're on the parade deck, literally right across from it. I mean, should, that should that be must so have been motivating. That must have been motivating, so. Yeah. Well, like our, you know, the same area that y'all take people for family day, it's where we would hang out or get lunch or whatever. It's all right there. Yeah. So it was kind of like nostalgic coming back there. And I think like once they integrated uh, the fourth phase and everything, they were letting brand new Marines like go to the PX and stuff with the drill instructors just kind of in the area babysitting. And uh, I would like, I'd be like in my civvies, like going to the PX, just grabbing a fucking 12 pack or something. They like do the whole fucking back out of the way thing when I'm going through. I'll be like, dude, just chill. I'm just here to buy beer. God damn, bro. Like, I almost it was really forgot. weird being next almost, to recruits again. I almost forgot they implemented a fourth phase, dude. Yeah. I, I don't I'd forget. I what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. saying that these like new Marines are soft because I hate to be that guy that's like all oh, the old. It's just different. I don't shit. know. But like, I don't know. I, I, I just haven't experienced it, so I can't really like comment on it. it I just. Yeah, I just I saw it as if it won't if it wasn't broke, don't fix it, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that, it, well, the whole point is like Marine Corps boot camp is a very traditional, yeah. ceremonial thing when you compare it to other branches. So. Yes, yes. I don't know. 
I mean, they've uh, cha- obviously changed it in the past to like to, for it to become the system that it is today. But um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you've had to speaking change it of a which. Uh, I've, I've been sending people to boot camp, obviously, for my job yeah, and everything. If you're trying yeah. to get a brand new Marine on here, that's something that might be possible. Oh, okay. Uh, so a little booter, get a little fucking... Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'll, th- I'll, definitely, think about. I'll definitely okay. think about getting a little fucking shower shoe on here. <laughs> yeah. You, Yo, to, you already know they're only going to talk we, about boot are, camp stories. All yeah, day. Are, we, that's are, we true. To, are we allowed to haze them? <laughs> haze no, is a like, strong word. We're allowed to... Enforced training. Big no, brother hit. Yeah, yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, <laughs> okay. So the, th- the interesting thing about like finding people out here is these guys need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I, I've never met a kid that didn't need to get the fuck out of here and didn't have some kind of way to do it. Yeah. So that's what's like always been really frustrating for me out here is I'll find someone that needs something needs the military and and what and yeah what do you mean by that so like elaborate on that when when you say that somebody needs something so one kid i talked to uh he got his girlfriend pregnant while he was in high school doesn't really have a solid plan to actually start providing for that sort of thing he's thinking about college but needs parents help his girlfriend lives in a trailer with her family they're poor as shit his family's poor as shit i've seen their house all right i probably make more than all four of them combined God damn. Fuck. So I look at shit like that and I'm like, you you fucking need this to actually get your life started, man. Yeah. And they'll be like, Yeah, you're probably right, but I'm a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, I, folks. Yeah. You don't join your but like, <clears throat> Yeah. But uh and that's one situation. Some of them, you know, their families are just all about drugs. Um or they're just poor, they're working dead-end jobs, their families have been working dead-end jobs, they have no future. Some of them are not that smart, and, you know, they say, oh, I'm just going to go to college. And it's like, you got a 32 on the eyes of that big dog. Is that what you really <laughs> want to do? Like, you have an hard time in school, in high school, and yet you want to go to college. You have problems there, too. And just, just pay for it, I guess. So, I don't know. You have no faith? You have no faith in those young men and women? I did at first, but then, then they killed here's, it. here's a fun, here's a <laughs> fun fact. I've been fast, here. Didn't they? <laughs> They're all jacked yeah. up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, it's just little things that happen continuously every single time, all with different kids yeah. that makes you start to do that. Right. Cause like, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've been out here for a year, uh, before we even like sit down and have a Marine Corps type conversation with folks, we give them a practice ASVAB to see what they get. Cause if yeah. you get a, you know, a bad score on that, I can either tell you, Hey, study and come back, or we can actually talk. Cause I know you can at least pass. Cause yeah. that's one of the big problems out here is West Virginia education. Yeah. So most like, I want to say, well, I've never had anyone. I, I've never had anyone fail, come back, pass and actually go to maps and contract i've never seen it would they come that they fail don't come back or they fail they fail and, and i never fail. hear from them again they fail and i never hear from them again they don't huh. want to put in the hard work to, to try to pass yeah i tell them they got to study and they don't study that's why when someone gets below a 20 i usually don't hit them up again <sighs> a 20 don't you get like a 20 for putting your name on it <laughs> what do you think is the lowest score i've seen bro uh, I would say a 12. 
Moss. Uh shit. I w- I would say fuck seven. I was thinking seven, but no. no I give him a little more faith than seven. Lowest four? I've seen personally is a four. <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to say, but like, damn, because I went back on RA like three times, <laughs> right? And the lowest I saw was a 12. And I just kind of like scratched my head there for a second. I was like, two plus two is four, right? <laughs> no, like, that's that's at least a seven. <laughs> oh my God, man. Jeez. I don't think you it's get a waiver good. for that one. There no. So the funny thing is, I even I even kind of use this as a point because other branches, depending on what time of the year it is, they will take less than a 31. They can get like a an ASAP waiver essentially. And uh what the fuck? Of course, and they yeah. and they make fun of us for being stupid. Yeah, that you're the stupid ones. I mean, yeah. I I saw a young eat crayons in front of a Humvee driver, so I you know <laughs> you give it a take, but Hey, you can eat. You can appreciate the flavor. It's still past fucking ASVAB. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's you, not good, you man. Can taste the rainbow and still pass the ASVAB. That's. I, I always. I play that card too. Like, I'll go be like a class talk, and someone will make a crayon joke, and I'll be like, "What'd you get on your ASVAB? What'd you get on your SAT, ACT?" Then I tell them what I get, and they shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, damn. Whatever. Fuck, dude. Like, so. You, that's one of the major problems you run in with recruiting. What are some other problems you run in to like being a recruiter? If they're pissing hot. Yeah. How uh, often, they, they how often do you test. think they, they piss hot? A lot. A lot. <laughs> like I had two guys I was going to send up to MEPS this month, but they were pissing hot. And I couldn't. So you pre-test them in the office before they, uh, before you send them up to MEPS. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Cause if they fail the one what, at MEPS, it's a lot bigger of a deal. What'd they piss um, hot for? Marijuana. I've never had anyone piss for anything else. Okay. Um, there was one other dude that another recruiter had that did it for something else. I think it was, um, it was either cocaine or heroin. I forgot. Gnarly. But that was a conversation. Yeah. But yeah. Huh. I had one dude. Uh, obviously, I'm not gonna say his name or anything. I'm still working with him because he's got some medical stuff we got to sort out still. Mm-hmm. But he cut it close. So he was he was really worried because that but there was a faint line and he passed it on map. Yeah. So it was all good. That's that was me. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I had my line was like uh, he, my, my recruiter was like uh. <laughs> it's like yeah. he's like just don't eat anything uh in the morning. He's like just fast drink in the water. morning and drink water. And I was like, fuck. So I did, and then I had the ASVAB in the morning too. So I was like hungry and fucking tired of shit. And I was like, ah. But yeah, dude. So fucking recruiting, man. That shit's gotta be. That's gonna suck, dude. I can't yeah, imagine it, be, especially in West Virginia, dude. You know who else fucking was recruiting in West Virginia? Who? Jerry. I didn't know he did it in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First, really time he did yeah. his recruiting in West Virginia. Yeah, he told me this. Yes, he fucking... did it like back when we were in Afghanistan and shit, though. I think. Yeah, he told me this a little easier back. Funny then. ass fucking story about um he fucking was recruiting some kid he went over to the house to visit a family and shit and they were like talking to him about like you know what about church and like the marine corps and all this shit 
And he was like, yeah, he's like, we got basically fucking everything. You know, you could be Jewish, you know, Muslim, whatever. Like, we got it. He's like, I think the only thing we don't fucking have is like when people, you know, with the fucking snakes and shit. And the, the family was actually, you know, the that that Christ, that form of Christianity oh, where no. they have to like they actually do the snakes and shit. Snakes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like the Baptist motherfuckers or whatever. Like, I forgot what they call them, but like they yeah, baptized with snakes. What the fuck? No, they just like bring snakes in the church and it's like this huge like fucking there's some symbolic what? With snakes. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Dude, that would be his luck, though. Like, like- yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, he told me it was a struggle out there. He said he said it was hard out in those streets. No, I'm curious more yeah. about this kid. I'm gonna have to hit him up for you know, like what else did he tell you? Like, wh- what is the kid's reaction at that point? Oh, he just said that the, they, the, I think the kid, I think the kid ended up still joining or something. But like the family was like really upset with him about it. Huh, I, I wonder why. Yeah, I think it's what he told me. I mean, I'm, I could have just butchered that story, but that, that's what I that's how I remember at least. Like Jerry telling me that story. That shit was fucking funny hilarious that's that's the other thing that pisses me off and you know i could rant about this all day but people will like want to join and better their lives and everything and then their parents are like no we don't want that for you like we support the military but not for my baby and then <laughs> not my kid yeah. yeah send someone else's kid to go die basically yeah, yeah i've had no, mothers tell me that to, right to my face and i'm like okay whatever that, that's fucking so crazy. like recruiting school how does it like teach you to deal with those situations like how oh, yeah do you what, what do you even fucking yeah. learn in, in recruiting school like so there's a couple different things one of them uh is like the actual like enlistment process you mm-hmm. know like you start by you know obtaining names so that way you can call people or hit people up or go to schools or whatever and it goes all the way from that process to like actual prospecting activities trying to find people um once you find people what do you actually do to get them into coming in the office or meeting with you from there talking about the marine corps getting them to want to join from there all the actual administrative stuff that has to happen to get them through maps working with them to get them ready for boot camp and then all that stuff so it's a full-blown thing on that piece um determining if people are qualified right being able to know like oh you're an illegal alien okay or whatever your deal is haven't had that happen very often out here but i did have it happen one time um different things like that and then like consultative selling skills like how you talk to people stuff like that's all covered you actually get like college credits for like uh sales and stuff so it's kind of cool oh like a used car salesman with the illegal alien stuff, right? Because I've heard, I remember there was this guy in boot camp. He was like a Chinese citizen that gained mm. American citizenship by going Spy. through boot camp. Yeah. So it depends on where you're at in the process. And I think I was telling you this before for your friend, but if yeah. they have like a working visa or, or something like that, where they're already making steps towards being a citizen, then I think we can help out. But if you like are straight up illegal, like. Well, what about, what about the, so I guess. Because I've had a couple of kids um, or a couple, uh, I guess they're not kids if I consider myself a man since we all went in at the same time. But I had a couple of people from my, my platoon and uh, and like my boot camp company that graduated and they got their citizenship upon graduation. Like, how does that work? Yeah. Have you, so have you I done that? Talking about. Yeah. Is that, so that's what you're talking about, Aaron? Me personally, yeah. I have okay. not just because we almost have no uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Diversity. We don't, it's not, a, it's not much <laughs> of a, a melting pot over here. Yeah. Right. So me personally, I haven't deal with it. A lot of the recruiters in like Texas or California might on a more frequent basis, mm-hmm. but I think basically what the military does is it helps expedite the process once you've actually started it. Okay. Because so normally, visa before right? Because I've talked to, I have talked to people that have naturalized, and that process can take them like seven plus years. Jeez. Yeah, and it's yeah, a very long time. It's it's a big I, process. I think now it's close uh, to like ten years, probably. Yeah. Wow. Man. But if you do the military at some point in that, I think it expedites it so that way you can actually qualify for citizenship. So hmm. yeah, it's supposed to be I've had that happen when I was in boot camp too. People did it to help yeah. with that process. Yeah. I had like two or three guys, I think that I got their citizenship yeah. upon graduation, which I thought was super dope. Yeah. Like it was um, like super cool for them. Like, you know, like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. One of them was, I think uh, from Mexico and now he's a U.S. citizen. And then the other one was uh, from China. And okay. like barely, mm. both of them barely spoke very much English, but like they got the yes, sir, no, sir, I sir down really good. And that was that. <laughs> that's, fucking, that's fucking funny. I wonder if Molina did that because he was from the Philippines before. Yeah. I just don't know at one point he moved. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. That's true. I, don't I thought uh, Filipinos, uh, I thought that was something like that. Something like Puerto Rico because Puerto Ricans get a green card like when they're they're considered. Puerto Ricans Puerto qualify Rican. to be U.S. citizens, citizens because it's yeah. like yeah. they're not US a territory. state, they're a state. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know if it's like that with the Philippines. I had the Philippines. No, the Philippines is its own country, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they have their own country. So. They have That's to like true. renounce their citizenship from the Philippines. Uh, Whereas yeah. we consider yeah. like Guatemala, all that, we, we consider that a U.S. territory. Uh, okay. Guam, yeah. sorry, not uh, Guam. Guam. Yeah, okay. yeah, Guatemala. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool too. We'd have better coffee here. I don't drink coffee, but that was just a guess. But um, this mango monster, baby. Yeah, dude. I was actually checking that out, bro. I was fucking. I fuck with those pretty hard, bro. Like, yeah. like the zero sugar ones. I'm not sure how fucking bad they are for you, like in reality. But um, zero sugar. Just mango monster, bro. That's it. Uh, I, I I can't do that. Mango man. monsters and red. Uh, I'm That's trying to it. be trying to be a healthy. Guy. I don't know. Yeah. Healthy? I try to avoid. Yo, I never thought I heard so. those words come out of your mouth, Lucas. Health? What? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be healthy. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, so, Alan, what do you? So, what the? So, you said earlier that you're not sure, like, what you still want to do, like, because eventually, dude, you're gonna have to go back to civilian life. Like, that is a yeah. fact. So what are you thinking about that, man? Like, have you have you started like using your TA or anything, like your tuition assistance, or like what do you, you do? You have an idea of like what you would even want to do on the outside? Yeah. So, a couple different things on that. Um, like I was telling you before, I Pada, I don't think I told you this yet, but I'm actually not going to be a recruiter for much longer. Um, I did not get certified to stay out here. Basically, I suck as a recruiter, so they're going to send me back to do, do Intel stuff um which is not a bad thing it's not a bad thing yeah no it's it's like especially during covid it's a personality thing as well um my ceo even told me like i think you're a good marine i just don't think you're a good fit to recruit in west virginia yeah um so i'm not going to get anything adverse i'll still keep my career good and everything i'm not going to like get denied for reenlistment or anything like that yeah and then you said that you could possibly maybe possibly still be like histed for another b billet I mean, that's always going to be a possibility. It's oh, just because sure. when you do get histed or if you ever get histed, 
essentially what it is is you have to put in a package for both recruiting and drill instructor mm-hmm. and you can pick a preference um and that sort of thing so if i did get histed i would just say to go drill instructor because i tried recruiting and it didn't work out yeah i mean um, there's other b builds for you though right like you don't have to go to one of those because, yeah uh, what is it? i mean there's other options but i think if you get histed you kind of get to choose between those two i'm okay. not really sure because you know, I always thought like, you know, what, what is that MSG at like, yeah. like an embassy somewhere? Like I thought that would be dope as hell. Te- yeah. Technically that's not a SDA anymore though. Uh, really? Yeah. That really? Sucks. yeah that really I couldn't, I couldn't do it because of my tattoos. Huh. Well, they, they updated the policy. So well, I don't know if that'd be a problem still. Well, not, I mean, I'm not fucking getting back in. Well, Are you kidding me? I know. Like, well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I did my time. I'd go fight for the Ukraine before I reenlist in the U.S. military. Yeah. I would be You're a foreign fighter in Ukraine. Yeah, before I I go back in as uh, as a marine again, hundred percent, hundred fucking percent. Yeah. But that, uh, to go back to your your previous question about like what I want to do and stuff, mm-hmm. um, as dumb as it sounds, I mean, it doesn't sound dumb. I don't think. But uh, <laughs> don't knock it, bro. Don't knock it if, if you yeah, want to do yeah, it. Yeah, you get. So I mentioned like I was thinking about maybe being a teacher. Before mm-hmm. I joined, that was something I was looking at. But teachers kind of get shit for pay. They get treated like shit. It ain't the best gig when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. However, if you are a JRTC instructor, I didn't realize it. Like, I thought that shit was dumb as fuck. Until I actually started working with instructors and everything for my job. Yeah. Like, you literally, so you retire at 20 years. You still got to do a career for it. But if you get a job as an instructor after you retire, the school board has to match your pension. So that way you get full pay. Oh. So you're literally making, like if I retired as a first sergeant or a sergeant major, I'd be getting paid as that rank to be a teacher. That's pretty and you dope. still get all your VA benefits and everything. Cause you're out at that point. And then no Plus, you cause they don't want to pay you. Well, the thing is they're not paying you the full thing. As long as they offer a program, like they have to do it. You know what I mean? Like oh, they have to have someone there. Okay. Okay. So for, for them, it's not as big of a deal. Like they're not, the school board isn't paying me full on Sergeant Major pay or anything like that. It's just matched by whatever my pensions are giving me. Okay. So it's a little bit better for them. You're making more than any other school teacher there by far. Right. And you, usually you're also not the sole instructor either. Normally there's like two to three per school. So they'll like alternate the classes and stuff like that. And so you said that, that's, you that's classes J- like half a day. You said that's JROTC, so. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, essentially, you can like do like half a day's worth of classes and be getting paid sergeant major pay. That's dope. So that's so there was actually a, there it, was actually a place near me that was uh, hiring for like a similar job like that. Yeah. Yeah. They were hiring yeah. like someone from like the military or like recently out. I looked into it. I was basically like I would I would go there and just haze these kids. And yeah, shit, so. that's essentially what it is. Yeah. You're also it, it's supposed to like groom them to be better citizens and everything because a lot of those kids need that but um i never the heard cool of thing no one knew to me i mean i never heard of it growing up either because it wasn't a thing where i was um because i even told you before i was an eagle scout that was like my only big extracurricular thing but that's kind of the big thing out here i've noticed and not yeah. every kid that joins that wants to join but uh that's that's kind of the thing that i've had to do i kind of had to get it in good with those teachers and instructors. Yeah. So, so how many years are you in now? I hit seven years on the third. 
Okay. So that's, so, so you're in seven years and you want to do the full 20. So what are you thinking? Like, so in order to be that instructor, you really don't need to go to college, right? You, uh, technically to meet all the requirements you do, but yeah. it can be waived as to how much, like you're supposed to have a bachelor's degree by the time you get to that point, preferably yeah. in teaching, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if they're hurting for people and you find uh, a school that needs that spot filled and you request to go there or whatever, uh, there's a dude, a uh, different branch, mind you, I think it's Air Force, but he only has an associates in, I don't even think it's in teaching and he managed to get a job there. So it, huh. you can kind of make do with what you got there. Yeah. Yes. Cause I mean, because you have two kids and stuff, I was wondering if you ever thought about like maybe passing your like GI bill off. If that's I was thinking about that. Um, I, I've thought about it at the same time. I kind of have that concept of no one pay for my college son. You can always join the military yourself and get it. You're perfectly healthy boy. Yeah. Um, I do have like some yeah. money that I'm saving up in like an acorns account for Willow, but that's more mm -hmm. so like when she gets married so that we should have a nice wedding. Okay. Um, I might I, give them my GI bill. I might, it depends on what I do. Like if I do 20, yeah. use my TA that entire time and, and get whatever I want with that. Yeah. I don't need it anymore. Sure. Um, so we'll kind of see how I play it from here. I don't have time to do TA now, now that I'm still recruiting, but I think yeah. when I check into whatever unit I go to next, I'll definitely want to go into it. Yeah. Kids will yeah. be older by then too. Definitely, definitely tap into that. That's something I yeah. fucking, that kind of sucked, especially Aaron, you, you can relate how like, you know, being in an infantry unit, dude, you no fucking time to use TA, bro. Yeah. No way you can use TA. Like, it's not even fucking worth I it. I think bro. I got like maybe two course credits done. And that was like in the six months that we had off, like at the very end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, you never know like what your schedule is going to be. Like, people ask me all the time, like, oh, what was your day to day uh, in the Marine Corps? It's like, well, I hate it. It was different. Up. You know, yeah. like it depended on the day. Do we have a fucking gas mask train? Do we have a hike? Do we have this, that, whatever. or both? Or both. yeah, at the, <laughs> or do we have a field op going into the fucking gas mask training like the very next morning? Mm -hmm. I don't like. It's just it's it's super unpredictable. And then I'm sure like the instructors that do this are super understanding, but like at the same time, like there's no way I could do everything expected me as a marine and then still be able to have time to do courses as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i definitely feel that so now like looking back on all that alan like if you could speak to your younger self like what would you what advice would you give to your younger to younger alan like already in the marine corps like just starting off like just graduated boot camp mm. that's an interesting decision there i don't know um I guess stick with it. Cause like VMU, like I said, I did not like VMU. And when I first checked mm -hmm. in there, if I, that's the only experience I had, I would have gotten out. So yeah, I probably told myself hang in there. I definitely don't regret picking Hawaii because mm -hmm. that was something I did have the opportunity to do. And I ended up loving Hawaii. Um, shit. Though, I don't know what I would say to myself. Everything kind of like everything kind of worked out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got married shortly after um, that worked out great having kids that worked out great. I just, I don't know. Just kind of roll with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll throw another curveball at you. What, what is, uh, if you had to, the opportunity to ask your future self one question, what would you ask him? 
how far in the future are we talking? Like you are, so in this hypothetical universe, multiverse, you know, scenario, you are, you did your 20 years, you're out. What would you tell you? Like, what would you ask yourself about? Should I, should I stay in or should I get out? I guess. Okay, I that's guess that's what it boils down to. Question. It wasn't worth it. Was it worth <laughs> it? Yeah. I was mean, it worth it? What no, did it cost no, everything. I, I know it's worth it. And yeah. I know it's worth it because I've talked to countless people out here. I've talked to countless people while I was in the Marines, everything out here as a recruiter. I talked to a ridiculous amount of people. A lot of them are old as hell. Mm-hmm. A lot of them say that they wish they had joined when they were younger, this, that, or the other. But how many times have you talked to a veteran that was like, man, fuck that. I never should have served. That's true. I mean, I'm sure That's there's the some out there. Yeah, I'm sure there's sure. some out there. There's but... some that had a bad taste in their mouth from it. Yeah. But the yeah. overwhelming majority look back at the stuff that they did. Yeah. E- yeah, but I've seen it even then where they're still supportive of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, because in a way, I think if you think about it psychologically, they have to justify their sacrifice. Yeah. And the best way to, you know, to justify your sacrifices, I think, patriotism. I think it's one of the easiest ways. For sure. And then also like, think about it, right? When you think back on the Marine Corps and you think of it, like you only think about the good times, right? You don't think about all the bullshit that's happening. I see. Yeah. I sometimes forget about the bullshit, dude. I yeah. sometimes forget yeah, about like, like yeah. this, the suck, the suck, dude. Yeah. And it's crazy how like your mind has a way of like, just remembering like, you know, the good aspects of it and then yeah. blocking out all the bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that shit that reminds me like fucking Simmons was like texting me and, uh, uh, he was telling me, I almost forgot to fucking bring this up, that 3 3 is no longer a unit. It's yep. uh, no longer Man. a unit in the Marine Corps. Um, Isn't that crazy? I mean, so, we heard we were so, getting disbanded, but it didn't yeah, really so, kick so in. Alan, so, Alan, so what is it now? And like, explain like what exactly that is. Like, what is, what is this? Uh, what is it? Uh, is it littoral or literal? Littoral. 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 A, a littoral unit. Is that what it's called? Littoral regiment. A littoral um, regiment. From my understanding of it, and like I said, I've been unplugged from this for a little bit. Yeah. Um, back when they were still kind of the planning stages. It's actually pretty cool because Terrell and a couple other other Marines in the S2 helped like design a, uh, what's the word for it? Kind of like an intel brief. Mm-hmm. And it was going over like different concepts of a littoral regiment because we were, we sent some people out to, a unit, I can't remember where it was exactly, but it was on our second deployment. Mm-hmm. We sent some people there in support of some operations that they were doing. It was all training-based, I think. Uh, and it was a preliminary concept of a littoral regiment is what it was. Okay. So uh, it's kind of cool because like the Commandant saw that and everything. That was part of, I think, what helped shape that sort of stuff. But what it is essentially, it's like uh, there's artillery in it. Um, it's just kind of like restructuring a battalion. So that way there's like one infantry battalion in the littoral regiment. I think there's an artillery unit in there, some other stuff mixed in just to give more versatility at like a regimental level. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really all it is. You're changing the hierarchies of who controls what. So instead of having to make augments from, you know, a different battalion or a different regiment, you can just bring them in and you've already been working with them for a while it just kind of makes it so they're closer to mingle okay so they're they're tra- like they're using already basically as another battalion in that regiment is- yeah it would essentially be like if we were in three three and one three was already and two three was something else 
you know what I mean? Like they're still close enough that we can work with them and and do like lots of different types of joint training with them. Uh Um, So they're treating Artie like we would treat 81s basically now. At a slightly higher level, but yeah, because you got to think like it's still, you're still an infantry battalion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying like the versatility, right? So like it would be yeah, like yeah. when we were doing that, uh, the effects, right. And it was like all those battalions against us. And yeah. So it'd be like easy to call on, you know, another battalion to help out as opposed to. Yeah. Like, well, think about it this ITT. way. Yeah. I mean, remember back in ITX when we got like a ridiculous amount of augments and everything, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. So that's, you're basically, you're giving, you're empowering the battalion with like a bigger supportive punch. Like in a sense, you're giving them, you're giving them like direct, like lateral access to artillery, to other support, um, other former supportive like battalions that are now grouped as in one. And now that, they all train together, right? So, so yes, they can get yes, use yes, yes, with yes, each yes. other. So because imagine just use battalion, battalion just got bigger and added more shit. So like the battalion, just imagine yeah. that. It's still considered a regiment, yeah. mind you, but yes, that kind of a similar concept. Like and every time that's... we went to the field, we went to we went with like this artillery people. Like they're the same ones that are going with us every single time. They are the same one on like the deployment cycle, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, because ideally, you know, if you were to go into a combat environment, you want to have some prior training with people next to you. It's not necessary, but it definitely helps things like roll along. It screen. mitigates the friction a lot yeah. when you have names yeah. behind faces, For especially sure. on the radio. But why? Why would the timing is my is my question? Like, what's the what's the significance of the timing? I got like not necessarily like the whole Ukraine thing, but just in general. So no, it, not tied to Ukraine. It's not tied to Ukraine. Yeah. It's been I'm in the works for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know if like I how how did I not hear about this until after it happened? And I was only in the unit like two years ago. It's more oh, it? what? What's up? You didn't hear about it? Yeah, because they I, no, I think they no started problem. bringing it up right after yeah. you left. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Because they I had to, you know. I, I <laughs> they were leaving the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> yeah. No, because they were mentioning it uh right as I was leaving, and they were throwing around the idea of like, oh, this might be our last UDP or whatever. But it was like the UDP after you left that yeah, ended up so, being, I think, their last UDP. Yeah, they had a little get together um, in the courtyard, and yeah. the sergeant major came out. And he's like, "Hey, this is going to be the last deployment with three three. Then we're getting disbanded." Yep. And we were yep. all like, "Huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's crazy." So uh, yeah. I think I think we all kind of feel some sense of pride of being a part of that unit before it, it it's yeah. gone. For sure. Definitely. I, I think one of the main reasons though for it is like, remember every time we'd go on an op or every time you'd look at the roster, like we were deficient in people, like we weren't functioning as full teams, full squads, full mm-hmm. platoons. I think the lack of manpower really is the reason why we are restructuring it in this way. Um, you know, Marine Corps, it's it's constantly like, hey, you have a low retention rate. Hey, we're not getting enough people in. I think that is high recruiting back into this. Why don't you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because people like oh. Alan Barron aren't doing their goddamn <laughs> jobs as recruiters. We have to restructure our units. <laughs> oh, <you laughs> nobody wants to join. Ah. Nobody wants to join. That's just, yeah. and people nobody wants to stay in. Far. Yeah. And then nobody wants to stay in people that yeah. get in. I, I think three, three had like the lowest retention rate in the Marine Corps. Yeah, they call it like the black hole the marine. Like people are sent there to like just get out. just get the fuck out. And it's crazy <laughs> that it's like and it's such a beautiful place like Hawaii. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was super happy on Hawaii. Like super happy. I mean, I'm super happy now, but like 
Like it's like Hawaii. You get to live in Hawaii. Not many people get to say Oh, that. that was amazing. Yeah. The fact that yeah, I got I lived to like, in Hawaii for four rent years. an apartment on base with like my wife and kids. Like that was awesome. Yeah. And leave Just it living leave, in Hawaii. Yeah, and leave it for leave it up to your fucking unit to fuck it all up. <laughs> See, that's the thing I don't get though, because like I said, like I love three three. That was awesome. Yeah. It was a really good unit for me and my family. Like my wife was like super plugged into all the spouse stuff on base and you know even when we were deployed like she was doing great um you you compare that to out here like she doesn't have that like network or that connection with anybody out here because we're too spread out as it is yeah how was that because like i was a single marine the entire time you know living in the barracks Mm -hmm. how was it being married um like what resources were available what did it feel like was it weird at any point or did you like was there a good connection between you and the other married spouses like um overall it was pretty good like especially when i was with india because courtney moon it was the, like the family readiness person or whatever yeah, uh she's a G. first she's arts a G. wife yeah that's she's a, awesome. that's a boss lady right there yeah it's a boss lady. so exactly so she would run like coffee groups uh, that all the spouses could go to and they could shoot the shit essentially. Uh, that happened while we were deployed a lot, while we were still there sometimes. Um, so she had like that network going. They had like a Facebook page and everything. Uh, it was pretty inviting. You compare it to, again, I'll compare it to VMU. It was a very officer heavy unit because it was a squadron. So it, it didn't have that, I guess, openness towards enlisted junior Marines, I guess um and that's where i ended up getting married too so i i could see the comparison you know yeah um so then when we came to three three and everyone had spouses because everyone wants to get married young like by the time that happened like emma was like a senior spouse obviously there's no rank structure or bullshit but senior spouse don't want to get into that let's not, let's not <laughs> act like there isn't a hierarchy no. to depend us let's not act like there is not there well, i mean totally they is. put it on themselves but yeah, it, it's like the mafia, bro. <laughs> They're like the fucking mafia. Really? I know. I have I had no experience with like any of the dependos. Dude, so dependos are the dependos the fucking mob. Yeah, they're a fucking mob, dude. Like for sure. Like they're mob wives almost. Except they're military wives. But dude, they're like that was the one thing like never wanted to get involved with was like like the spousal stuff, like aspects of like the Marine Corps, dude. Like that's the only time there's horror stories. There's there's horror stories, legitimate horror stories. Let's hear one. Let's hear one. Oh no, I don't want to (laughs) fucking. I don't want to spill the tea on some other shit. But okay, like there was the only time I ever had one time. I I hate the fact that I'm fucking bringing this up, but fuck it. (laughs) This one time, like this one wife was accused of trying to drown like these kids that they were babysitting. Do you remember that? No. Yeah. No. So there was, was that in there Hawaii. Was, yeah, it was in Hawaii, and it was a dude in my company. His wife was accused of like trying to drown like fucking kids, like someone else's kids and shit, like it. That and there's there's plenty other. There's plenty others where it's just like things you just like you're like what the fuck like things you wouldn't even like if you're like in a normal civilian like world, like you don't hear that kind of shit like on a normal basis. But like in the in the military, you hear that shit so often. Like I've never heard of anyone drowning kids on the norm. Attempting (laughs) to drown kids. She did not drown the kids. The kids survived. Wait, so she was like actually found like she was hired to babysit the kid. Yeah, yeah, but like she was. I think it all turned out to be like so. What happened was like these 
fucking people hired her to babysit their kids. They came back early and she, she was holding this fucking these young kids underwater and shit. But I think it was like all like misconstrued or whatever. Like she was playing with them or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's a fucking thing. That was a thing. That was a, I'm not going to you know speculate on this any longer. But yeah. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. Yeah. The only time I ever ran into dependence was like um, in the commissary back when COVID first hit and everybody was like trying to buy all the toilet paper and we'd get off work and everything would be sold out. And you're like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I need fucking TP for my room. God damn it. <laughs> I'm not going to wipe my own ass with a fucking, I don't know, dirty rag on the corner. Like, what the fuck? Baby wipes, boy. Uh, well, yeah. So I think those wipes. were sold out too. It's like, okay, now I got all this campaign stuck to my face. You want me to shave? Yeah. <laughs> I grow hair, motherfucker. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so, Alan, man, it was fucking great having you on, dude. I haven't talked to you in fucking forever, bro. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, so I haven't talked. I mean, I've been bad with keeping in contact with people, honestly. Like we all, I'll are. try to like yeah. whenever uh, whenever I have like really long drives, I'll try to call people and just shoot the shit. That's really the only time I have. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely feel that. I mean, you're busy, fucking man dude you're a fucking dad you're a recruiter you know you're still a fucking marine so i get it bro i definitely fucking get it aaron you have any uh last questions last questions no man i got some advice though chin up all right whatever's yeah. next just roll through it even if it's another yeah. unit like vmu man just stick it out do the best you can and i i hope you get to the that prize 20. yeah i on the prize 20 years man Been great so alan um so we already asked you like what advice you'd give to your younger self what are some just advice you'd give to people right now just you know based off your experiences in the marine corps to like another people marine. to another marine yeah i mean or to, or to someone who's interested in you know joining or to it you know that kind of shit if you're interested in joining set up an appointment talk to me <laughs> uh if you know, you're just joining, you're trying to figure out what you want to do, like, just find someone that you look up to and just learn from them, you know, find a good NCO that is not a piece of shit and just emulate them in every way that you can. And then take advantage of all your benefits, take advantage of the TA, invest in your TSP for fuck's sake. Um, Don't leave it in the general fund, like 90%. Don't leave it in the G fund. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hell, I mean, we just got a new recruiter and he said that he still has the stuff in the G fund. I'm like, motherfucker, you're a sergeant. You can't be doing that. All right. I've like, I think I have like 50 grand in mine right now. And I've only been putting into it for like the past four years. Like, obviously it, I put in like 20% of what I make, um, which is kind of aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I've been able to pay off. It's going to pay off, brother. It's going to fucking pay off. Damn, fucking leave it at that. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I just, you know, I feel like we always touch up on the t- or touch up on that that uh, the TSP using your benefits, just that. But it's always like the very last thing. It's like a side note. One of these days, man, we're gonna make that episode. Okay, yeah, we, we got yeah, we, we definitely have to dive in. We have to dive yeah. into the retirement but, aspect because I think that's a very, especially since they changed it like right before I got out. Um, yeah, yeah, like I got a pretty good understanding of it. It's not super complicated. So we might have to get you back on because I have no understanding of the new system. Like that, I do a lot of research on that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd we love could to talk. Hear we could talk money for sure. Yeah. yeah, I love money. What you guys are all interested in. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. here we are. You stuck with us all the way to the end. 
We thank you for listening. We want our listeners to know if your pack becomes too heavy, don't drop it. The Veterans Crisis Hotline can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. If you'd like to enjoy more content, don't forget to subscribe, simplify, and keep rolling on. Hey, Ra. Ra. Hey, Ra. Hey, Ra.